The first cell phone was demonstrated in 1973 by Martin Cooper. You know what wasn't demonstrated? Shared plans. Over 50 years later, you can save on one line thanks to Visible. When you switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible, you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees. No, really. You can look around for them. They're not there. Switch now at Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms. Visit Visible.com. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. I actually think our sound doesn't play during the intro, so you're probably okay. I don't know if anyone heard that squeak. My PlayStation official water bottle made a big squeak on the way into the Herman, show. Herman, work on that. What are you doing, man? Come on. <laughs> a few weeks It's at the, the top job. of his list right now. Exactly. Fix the water bottles. Focus on PS5. Uh, Gotta work, too. <laughs> beyond and hello, everyone. My name is Jonathan Normbush, and this is Podcast Beyond, episode 622, IGN's weekly PlayStation show where we promise you at least... 20 minutes of PlayStation talk because other stuff will probably come up anyway. Uh, this you week- always say that as if we get so distracted all the time. Yeah, we yeah, actually talk and mostly about like PlayStation. we exactly. mainly do talk about PlayStation. Yeah, I don't think you're giving yourself enough credit and I think you're giving Have the you audience a reason to kill us. Well, I they love a lot of reasons already. I love going off track. I do And I too. feel like I don't get to do it enough. We're technically like doing ha- it right now. You mean like we having are. a conversation? Yeah, exactly. Regular interaction. It's like having like an interaction with my friends. I just don't. I I want to set the number expectation going in. I'm joined this week by Max Scoville. It's a me, Lucy O'Brien. Lucio. Oh, that's an actual character from (laughs) Overwatch. So that joke fell so flat. And Brian Altano. Gotta go fast, (laughs) guys. This is episode one today. (laughs) Imagine how we're gonna be when we record the second episode. Don't worry. When's the pod race scene? (laughs) <laughs> um, the next one's the romantic one. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to talk a lot about sand. Uh, before we get there, did want to it's mention... only because I love you. Oh, that's so sweet. Uh, comment of the week. I want to do this before we begin. Of course, we're trying to highlight uh, a lot of the positivity that's in our comments uh, on YouTube, on IGN, around the web. We have a wonderful audience here for Beyond. We want to highlight that. This week's <laughs> comment comes from the YouTube uh, of last week's episode, the YouTube of last week's episode. I'm I'm an adult. Uh, I wanted to mention this comment from Gilly C. Gilly C said, I watch all the console podcasts, I assume of IGN, including GameScoop. It was awesome seeing Ryan on the show. The guys even mentioned that the major consoles are playing nicer these days. The future of gaming is brighter than ever. Keep up the great insight, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, IGN, for keeping my love of gaming as high as ever. We gotta get um, that, that guy back on more often. That's awesome, but I just want to ask last oh last episode that I was not on. Yes, I really hope that the comment of the week was the person in the YouTube comments who said that elderly Irish woman is the best. <laughs> <laughs> I laughed so hard at that because so hard. it has given me. I'm like, it's like it, 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 it like. It does cut me a little, like, it cuts me a little, like, yeah. cut, like there's a little bit of a cut there. Yeah. But at the same time, the hilarity of that it just so far outweighs it. And I was just joking, like, I just, I just want that as a tattoo now. It's great. Yeah. It's really good. Elderly Irish woman. Please put that on your I'm, business Here card. I am. I'm, I'm back in the podcast. I'm Ryan's favorite. Elderly Irish woman. <laughs> <laughs> Irish woman. Uh, and Lucy, we thought there'd be no better week to bring you back than to talk about a lot of PlayStation 5 coverage to come. I'm just going to roll right through it. Yes. Uh, wanted to, of course, start the week. Uh, end of last week was the Game Awards. Uh, a few announcements there. Nothing was revealed about the PlayStation 5, though we did get information on a PS5 game being announced, which is technically the first game to say it's coming to PS5. We'll get to that in a second, but I want to start the discussion on the whole from the Game Awards with what we saw of non-PlayStation stuff in terms of the Xbox Series X. Um, 
Phil Spencer from yeah, Microsoft. Ryan McCaffrey on here one time, it becomes an Xbox Exactly, podcast. we're just going to talk about Xbox. No, I want to talk about it in uh, <clears throat> reference to what we think is going to happen for PlayStation. So Microsoft showed off the look of the next-gen console, the name of the console generation. There's been some clarification afterward of that. Which felt uh, a little bit like a backtrack. Yeah, it felt a little weird. So at the show, they announced next-gen's Xbox is called the Xbox Series X. And then in a follow-up, they talked about the naming convention for next generation. Uh, this was a Microsoft representative speaking to Business Insider. They said, quote, The name we're carrying forward to the next generation <laughs> is simply Xbox. And at the Game Awards, you saw that name come to life through the Xbox Series X. Similar to what fans have seen with previous generations, the name Xbox Series X allows room for additional consoles in the future. So the like PC-esque tower that we saw in an image for next generation Xbox seems to be specifically the Series X model of Xbox. And presumably there will be other either series models or other things named entirely different it's, it's very muddy branding like yeah. i mean i love i'm I'm very intrigued by the what we saw the the, the console that we saw the series x but yeah. like um it is playstation has always been so definitive about this is number four this is number five like this is how playstation kind of has worked whereas xbox you know this whole kind of idea of family of consoles is great in theory but um it, it, I found that particular messaging quite muddy because it was very not definitive. Right. And I think for more casual buyers, which is what I'm always thinking of back in my days at working at EB Games, is like people would get confused. It's like the Wii U. People didn't really understand that that was like the next Wii. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I and I sort of I I sort of think that the the Xbox Series X branding is just a little bit confused and the fact that there needs to be a spokesperson to clarify that is not a great thing no sony's probably sitting there being like you should have numbered your consoles man like yeah super super easy for us like they'll i they'll launch a, a number five next year I, th I still think there will be some confusion with people but it's pretty easy to go five is higher than four than it is to be like wait so the one s all digital versus the one s and then there's the one x and then the series x and then likely the series s yeah and they all use the same controllers but some of them don't use the new controllers and it's like it's very much sort of leaning into like a very hardcore crowd which <laughs> sort of makes sense I, I i mean i'm just trying to sort of pause it because again i keep thinking like as as we go into a new <laughs> generation you want to be theoretically as broad as possible with your yeah. messaging yeah. to reach as many people as possible and yeah it just seems very kind of an inside baseball name like the it seems like a name that um you know a temporary name that just sort of ended up being presented to consumers it seems like the kind of stuff you can get away with when you're an iphone and you're in millions of hands already and you get on the stage six times a year touting numbers of how big and important you are and you can go oh we have an 11 pro max it's the sequel to the tennis max and you're like what does that mean and people are like i have to get it because it's the new thing and it has four holes on the back like you can you can afford that but microsoft hasn't revealed console sales numbers for this entire generation mm. and this is their this is their audience to win back and so i wish they had gone with something a little bit more casual that said uh digging into the metrics on the game awards stuff they tweeted out saying that basically the they had more eyes on this presentation than they did for almost anything at e3 outside of the yeah. the halo trailer which means that this was by and large a great place to kick this conversation off. I think people were sort of like itching and eager for next gen something at the game awards and for Microsoft to come out and say it. I mean, for all of us, we're like, really this year's almost over. Like, can we just go to bed? And he's, they're like, no, we got a brand new thing. Uh, I think it was a good time to do that, um, and now we will sort of go into that ping pong match and see what Sony does next, because now Sony has to make the, the, the next messaging. Yeah, for reference on the Game Wars thing versus E3, like the numbers that were on the show, uh, this gets revealed uh, the day the show goes up. Uh, the show, the Game Wars 2019 had 45.2 million viewers across all of its platforms, and it had, you know, like 7.5 million or so peak concurrence during the show. Yeah. That is a lot of people to tell, hey, there is a new Xbox coming next year. And I yeah. think that Microsoft seemed to be more concerned with telling people there is new Xbox stuff next year rather than saying you're buying the Series X next year. It's mm -hmm. also easier to co-opt a stream like that than it is to launch your own in February or, or March or something like that. Or wait until E3, which is way too long from now. You yeah. Know? 
I think like we, people are ready to have that conversation. Like they they want to start talking about next gen. They want to know. They want to start saving money. Frankly, yeah, I mean that's be expensive. a massive massive part of it, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Uh, Max, what did you think about the? Reveal the show. I, I'm still sort of unpacking it. Yeah. Um, I think it's sort of funny that we have this sort of long tail approach to marketing in the same way that during the um, state of play, we got a teaser for a trailer for Ghost of Tsushima. I Half feel like, of a trailer, yeah. Right. It was yeah. like, it's kind of like that's that weird thing where like a, a social media account will drop, like, oh, here's like a 10 second teaser for the trailer that's coming on Thursday during Good Morning America. And you're like, what? Is, that's like an even shorter thing. And in this case, it's for a, uh, like, I feel like we have. It's fun to talk about it. It's fun to get excited about it. I think that, you know, just, I mean, Brian and I did a bunch of photoshops of like different color schemes because mm-hmm. what else are you going to do with a picture of an unreleased <laughs> box, you right. know? Yeah. Uh, but it, it's it's kind of fun to be like, oh, okay, well, this is where we're going, I guess. But at the same time, yeah, we didn't really get any hard details. We got yeah. a little bit about backwards compatibility. We got a nice little backpedal on, no, actually, it's just called Xbox. It's like, mm-hmm. well, then you really, <laughs> yeah, it is definitely muddy. It's a, yeah. it's a muddy description of terminology because right now as far as we know with playstation there's just going to be at launch at least the ps5 i yeah. think we all assume there will be you know like mid-generation jumps again like this gen but as far as we know there's going to be one box maybe yep. with different hard drive space but there's going to be that whereas there have been all these reports of anaconda and lockhart the code names for the microsoft consoles and those don't just differ in you know hard drive space those are like performance differences mm-hmm. and they are meant to be price differences and it seems like xbox from at least what we know playstation could reveal more of their hand later and realize it's pretty much equivalent but it seems like microsoft is playing a different game than playstation is right well now. they're playing the, the iphone game for yeah. sure mm-hmm. whereas playstation is 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 sony is is being very i guess old-fashioned and you, you i i can only consider you know the, the sort of analysis that has gone through all these people's heads like do we do we have a family of consoles and keep that sort of longevity going or do we have one console that people sort of buy and that's the console that they will have for the next five years? Whereas Xbox is sort of banking on this idea that there'll be variants that will come out, you know, possibly in a smaller time frame. I, I think it's safe to say that both both console manufacturers will do that, as as will Nintendo in some way. I mean, they quietly revised the Switch with more battery life and then put out the Switch Lite, and we got the Pro and the, the 1S and the 1X this generation. So I think that's just our future now, which frankly sucks for some people but for others you know it's a cool option to have uh i think with my pro it ended up costing me like 100 bucks by trading in my 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 launch ps4 so yeah. that was like a good deal that said like i'm interested to see what the market looks like when there's a 400 xbox a 600 xbox and then potentially a 500 ps5 in the middle you know or we'll see how that pricing shakes out or they go for the lower tier and they they cut on specs and then that hurts them in the long run i mean this entire beginning of this generation was dominated by that conversation about 900p versus 1080p and then microsoft sort of shooting them themselves in both feet with a connect and b their emphasis on like sports and entertainment and all this like you know cable pass through when everybody was canceling cable <laughs> the same week well, and so was, price was a big deal at the it was because it was microsoft came in at a hundred dollars higher yep than the standard PS4. Yeah. And I, that price can affect it for a lot of people. Yeah. So that's why this is really interesting as a huge PlayStation guy to watch this. And I'm going to get the Xbox on day one no matter what because I, I I love video games and I'm not a fanboy uh, except for, for Mario and Zelda. And <laughs> Those Star aren't Fox. part of this show. <laughs> um, and uh, I'm really interested to see how Sony sort of like counters this or if they just ignore it entirely and just do their own thing. There were some specs revealed, way too you know much for me to really understand any of it and also way too vague for anybody to really understand any of it. And until we see it in practice. Yeah, but I, I do wonder if like somebody like Mark Cerny is looking at what he sees in front of him right now and the form factor and being like, how much can we scramble and pivot right now to... To hit the, the, that sweet spot between price and specs. Yeah. I really hope we don't get two models of a new PlayStation at launch. I just think it's like, I just bought a new iPhone and I think I regret it. Like, I got mm, an 11 and not that. an 11 Pro or whatever the one of the three things on the front is. And I was just like, it, you go in there and it used to be like you get like the newer one and maybe you get the newest or maybe you get like last year's, but there's that kind of like, oh, like with well, it's almost like a straight sliding scale. But now it's like there's all these different little weird variations and there's something there's like an inherent buyer's remorse there where like if you spend all the money, you're like, well, I got this thing that's very expensive. And if you cheap out, then you're like, well, I wish I got the nicer one. And like, well, inherently the since the ecosystems for these things are almost exactly the same, like you have this you have this moment on day one of purchasing a device like that where you're just like, 
Oh. Well, yeah, life like it, is it not doesn't, that much better. It's, like, I it's remember, sort of like that feeling of like having it, like the moment after you've had an orgasm. Yeah. It's sort of like... Le petit mort. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Sort of, you know, especially, you know, and it's just like... Oh. I had that when I got the Pro, not an orgasm, but when I got the <laughs> PS4 Pro and I transferred everything over, I was like, well... Let's see what you can do. I mean, yeah, I had that it wasn't the same as getting a new console. I had that yeah. No, it wasn't like when I got a Vita or a Switch or something like that. And I was like, holy crap, this is a new thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry, Max. What were you well, I, when I got the, the PS4 when it first came out, it was like, I think there were like a handful of launch games that I'd sort of messed with. And I was like, yeah, they're all right. But it was like, all right, what are we doing? Resogun's cool. Not really the unstoppable power of the PlayStation or whatever. Like, I forget what I even played at launch. I think I wound up playing like... I got like really into Lego Marvel superheroes too, which is like. Did you play Black Flag, which is sort of what everyone? Played, yeah, which I is did. The, you know the cross gen. Well, it's it's like you you look for something like a new OS, which you don't get with iOS. Like they're like it's iOS thirteen, yeah. it's broken. You want it? You're like <laughs> I guess. But with with the PlayStation, like I I I don't know. I kind of love the PS4 OS. I want like a streamlined, snappier one. That's mm-hmm. it. That doesn't get stuck on screens. I guess I guess the thing that bugs me about this, and this is this is an issue with just sort of how things are marketed, and and really with I think adults who are insecure about doing childish things as a whole is that this has to be marketed as like you're buying a Lexus. You know, it's like, ah, oh, the Series X is here, the ultimate pinnacle. It's like, you're going to use it to play video games. You're going to use it to fight imaginary spacemen and probably watch cartoon shows on Netflix. Yeah. Like, I hate that it has to be presented as, like, a serious adult machine. And it's like, <laughs> like an iPhone, you're like, okay, maybe you're Mr. International Business Traveler and you need something with, like, 5G capabilities so you can make your LTE calls while you're on your G6 flights or whatever. But in this case, it's like, no, it's still it's like an entertainment system, but it's still, like... For video games. I want the one that's going to run God of War 2. I also (laughs) just like, you know, there's a very basic part of me that just wants someone else to make the decision for me, a.k.a. the publish, like the the hardware manufacturers. I want, I kind of just want one device presented to me and that's the next one because these things do cost so much money. Yeah. And like, I just want to have the one thing that everyone else has that all my friends are like also buying. Like, I, and I know that's selfish because I know that's not, like, people want to present consumers with more options no like, it's, to get it's, that. it's literally like, why we play console games like, that's yeah. it. Like, and like this is... everyone in the office is always like get a pc and we're like i want the th- the box i can plug it in the tv and not think about it. yeah but exactly me, baby I, I, that's it. Like, I just i am like a grown ass elderly irish woman that wants like <laughs> wants sony to go hey this is the playstation 5 this is the next right. xbox this is what you are going to buy yeah and i will say oh fiddle dee dee yes i will <laughs> Uh, Hopefully, there's a top of the morning to you, and they and they bring you the right one. Yeah, um, I, I can't no, think of where to go. After the other thing that's like the, chasing that uh, that sort of like smartphone business model is that like when I got a new phone this year, I put it next to my old phone, mm. and they wirelessly transferred, and I was like, okay, that's amazing. I yeah. didn't have to back up anything, I didn't have to do anything. It was just like boom, right there. But like when I transferred over my from my PS4 to my PS4 Pro, it's kind of a process and it's also a you know 15, 20 times bigger box. Mm. You have to figure out what to do with it. And so I do think that there might be something here to streamline that to make all of this a little more palatable for the average person who does want to get a new console every two years. Because if there is a way for me to buy a PS4 or PS5 Pro on day one, and transfer everything over immediately or have like some sort of layaway plan where I'm paying 25 bucks a month for it instead of 600 bucks all at once. Because the thing is like these these things scale like iPhones you can pay for monthly consoles. You sort of can through some places. Xbox has yeah. introduced a recent program. Amazon has one as well. And yeah. it's like it, it, you're not you're not taxed over it. And but uh, this is this needs to be something that like. They push front and center and they scream from the rafters, this is the thing you can do. Because it's a, it, a kid can figure out how to scrounge together 20 bucks a month, 25 bucks a month for, for two years to pay off a $600 console. An adult, you know, can do the same. Like 600 bucks all at once though, like that hurts. That stings. Yeah. 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 It's, yeah, it's going to be very strange what options we have. Like that's the thing I haven't really thought about for a console launch before is what are the multiple options from each provider going to be right and then that might present some weird stuff down the line yep um i did want to ask though brian you were talking a little bit earlier about you know what the price differences could be and also when we find out more information what do we all think seeing microsoft give all of this information about their next gen system at the game awards which they historically have never shown up to this is not a show they normally attend let alone for a console launch uh we're not used to december events outside of psx this is, this is a bit of a different situation what do we think the next gen rollout is going to be going 
Thornton's next year? Do we think we'll get pre-E3 events? Do we think people are going to save it for E3? Is it going to be the slow trickle of information in USA Today articles and the like? Like, what are we all expecting? We, we've theorized that February thing for a couple of years now because it's how they rolled out the PS4. That said, the rules are changing, right? I didn't expect last week to happen the way it happened. I didn't expect this year to have so many swan songs for the for the PS4. So they they will have to work that messaging in, but also in a way that doesn't sort of counter all of the big game rollouts they have this year. You know, like they, they want you to buy those new games and they also want you to buy a new console this year or yeah. next year. So that's it's going to be really interesting. But February, like a, a specified event, live streamed maybe even you know, like a, a presentation or something like that. Yeah, they'll, jump, they'll jump on social media and they'll, they'll tweet out like a 10 second video. It's like, here's a little teaser of our <laughs> teaser. We have planned for yeah. Thursday to at this time. Yeah. They'll link to the blog. <laughs> yeah. I think regardless, everyone is going to go really hard at E3 this year. And I think that that is the last time we're going to see anyone going really hard at E3. I think that this generation is kind of like this they need to, both publishers need to go f- like full steam ahead. But like, I think that we have seen, we've had many conversations about this, that E3 is becoming less and less relevant, especially with stuff like the Game Awards. Like Game Awards came out swinging this year with that Xbox announcement. It didn't really matter what else they showed. Yeah. yeah. It's like that Xbox announcement was was huge. And, and so I think that this is kind of, in in my mind, the last really relevant E3 that we will see. That I, is my prediction. I think, I think I'm with you on that. I think Gamescom is going to eat its lunch, especially with the shift we've seen, sort of like uh, Sony being more sort of Europe Europe centric. Like mm-hmm. I don't know, and it's also that's a that's a fan event where 300,000 people show up, and like E3 is like 75,000 people, like 20,000 of whom are fans. The rest are like dudes with like business jeans on. They're <laughs> but like, that's it. Like, like briefcases. Like, yeah. People just don't need E3 like they used to and I think this year yep with two big consoles theoretically coming out when you know at the end of the year like yes absolutely got to yeah. jump on that train but especially with the mainstream attention that that's right paid. yeah I mean yeah. Sony didn't need it this year no but they do need it next year yeah, yeah. and unless things go catastrophic they won't near need it the year after but maybe things go catastrophic and then yeah. they're like we got to get back out there on that stage and shake a little ass like <laughs> who knows how it goes right like it's it's really interesting because it's like i think everyone's like we don't need this anymore until they do yeah. and this year they definitely do yes yeah. and e3 is probably like yeah and so gamestop's like yeah everyone needs us this year and then the year after they'll be like hey do, do you want to buy another console? You got got another TV in your house? And people will be like, shut up, E3 and GameStop. <laughs> like, this, these things happen very interesting. Here are so. six more state of plays. Yeah. You can get yeah. on the PlayStation Store. Yep, three yeah. PAXs. It's going to be very interesting to see how all of that stuff rolls out. Obviously, we'll be covering that. If anything happens, uh, as a heads up, the IGN office is functionally closed for the next two weeks after we record this. So if anything happens in those two weeks, we'll talk about it in 2020. Also, if you only uh, tune into the show for like the hard-hitting, cold news, then you're going to hate next week's episode because it's going to be a lot of <laughs> nonsense. But please tune into that. Yeah, it'll um, be that twenty percent PlayStation episode, Jonathan O's. Yeah, exactly. it's it's going to be like five percent. Uh, before we get to the other big PlayStation stuff from the Game Awards, just briefly wanted to mention a couple of the other reveals there. Uh, the Wolf Among Us Two was re-revealed. The new Telltale, which is a company called LCG Entertainment, operating as Telltale, is. Uh, continuing with the, with the Wolf Among Us 2. Uh, they didn't call it Season 2, just 2. Uh, they are working with a company called Ad Hoc Studio that was founded and is headed by a few Telltale veterans who first left to go to, I believe, Ubisoft and then now left Ubisoft to create their own studio and are now working back at Telltale Games. The way I've been describing it is like when Jeff Grossman worked at GameSpot, which was owned by CNET, and he put up a Cannon Lynch review that got him fired because advertisers were upset and the Gamergate opened. Jeff Gersman started Giant Bomb and then CNET bought Giant Bomb. Yeah, that is yeah. no, that's a really good analogy. Um also that like that Jeff Gersman thing has haunted us all to this day. Yeah. That it's is the reason people still think that like we are paid off for reviews. Yeah. Every single time I hear it, I just... I'm, no, it's like literally the one time in history, and we've all been doing this for a long time, that I've heard anything like an advertiser being like, but what's, actually, what's going on with that review score? But, but that's it. The one time. Yeah. I have never heard anything. I've been doing this stupid, ridiculous stuff for like 10 <laughs> years, and I've never heard anything like that. Anyway, but yes. What about all that money you get from Irish Spring? <laughs> 
the Irish bee. Um, so, like, I... Uh, wait, what were we talking about? Oh, yeah. Wolf Among Us. Uh, Wolf, Wolf Among Us. Yeah, I was... Um, there, was a, there was a writer on the original Wolf Among Us who was tweeting it out, like, she was tweeting the Game Awards out live. And I, like, please, I'm sorry, I can't remember her name. Um, But she, you know, had worked on the original game. And I just, it was really awful to watch her discover that that was a real thing in real time. That's a weird way to find out. Yeah. 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 Because, like, I think, you know, it was, she was, she was tweeting very honestly. And it was very much, um, you know, at, at first she was shocked. And then there was, you know... I'm pleased that it lives on, but also just breaks my heart because we yeah. had all these great ideas, and you know, it was just it was very much watching her go through this sort of roller coaster. It's mm-hmm. a very odd announcement, and I yeah. don't know if the new Telltale did enough out of the gate to preface what's going on with this, right? Because uh, Pierre Chorette, who was a writer on the original, is coming back as a writer for this. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's part of that other studio. Uh, Jared Emerson Johnson, who was the composer, is back as composer, uh, I believe. Nick Herman, who was a director on the game, then is coming back as well now. So there, there are people who were involved in the first, but there are also people who were involved with making The Wolf Among Us 2 right. that are no longer yeah. part of The Wolf Among Us 2. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of a mess. You know what's weird about this is that this is a sort of Telltale game published by Not Telltale based on a Vertigo comic called Fables, which is no, is no longer a thing because Vertigo got absorbed into DC. So yeah. it's like all these different things that have been renamed and tr- transmogrified and like... WB is a publisher on this because they own the DC brand. It's, it's, a it's weird... so like, it's such a sort of weird game of telephone from what this originally began as. Yeah. yeah. It, it was an odd one, but definitely one of the more surprising ones. But I also, think I'm still oh, tentatively hate myself excited for it just because like I love The Wolf Among Us so much. It, yeah. was, my, it was my favorite Telltale series. Yeah. Hey, I am already prepping myself for when they Konami's like, "Hey, we've got a remastered Metal Gear or something or other Metal Gear," and I'm like, "Ooh, it's like a nice thing." Am I, am I a whore? <laughs> and the answer is. This episode of Podcast Beyond is brought to you by NordVPN, a great way to protect yourself online while also improving your overall experience while enjoying cyberspace. Are you tired of streaming shows, movies, or sporting events being unavailable in your region due to draconian restrictions that are based on completely arbitrary geographical boundaries in physical meat space? Well, switch your virtual location to a place where that's no longer an issue. The same goes for shopping. You can get the best possible deal on subscriptions, flights, hotels, and other goods and services like that from websites that like to play favorites with certain territories and currencies. Meanwhile, encrypted traffic protects your data from hackers, viruses, malware, phishing sites, and other harmful hitchhikers of the information superhighway. Though really, it's more of an information autobahn because there is no speed limit with NordVPN. It is the fastest VPN in the world, so there won't be any buffering or lagging, and it'll stop your ISP from throttling your bandwidth. Isn't that nice? One NordVPN account can be used across six devices, which is great. My wife has been using our account to watch all sorts of awful British reality TV shows that aren't available here, like Argument Island or Half-Naked Idiots Fall in Love, and everyone's favorite, The Worst People Just Got Married, Let's Hear Them Talk About It. Shows that are so bad, they're blocked in our part of the world for our own good, but luckily, NordVPN allows her to trick the internet into thinking she's in the UK, so she and her awful friends can shriek and howl and cackle at the TV while I'm trying to relax. I've been using my VPN too. You know what I've been using it for? None of your business. Yep, that's right. And thanks to NordVPN, my data is safely encrypted, all bundled up in a weighted security blanket of incomprehensibly complex math problems, and nobody can tell what it's doing under there. Data, you do your thing. I'll leave you alone. One month of NordVPN coverage costs less than a cup of coffee. Coffee can't protect you from cyber criminals unless you throw it at them or pour it on their computers, and you'll probably get in trouble for doing that. So get NordVPN instead. To get the best possible discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com slash pobeyond. That link will also give you four extra months on the two-year plan. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. Again, that is nordvpn.com slash pobeyond. And now, back to the show. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. 
and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, moving on from that one, uh, don't know how else to. Uh, the Fast and Furious Crossroads was announced. As a fan of the Fast and Furious franchise, I'm looking forward to another Fast and Furious game being announced in the future because that looked like a PS2 game. Yeah. Um, that was disappointing to see. It looked like they used the Photoshop liquefy tool on Vin Diesel's arms <laughs> to make his muscles. That was a weird one. Yeah. I, I don't like... I it, I it looks like it's just a sort of big batch of set pieces glued together. Like, it's not a racing game, which is what the last one tried, which I believe came to, like... Wii U and like iPhones or something, but it has new characters. But it clearly was uh, using set pieces from the film franchise and has the characters from the film franchise in it. So it's this weird amalgamation slash maybe alternate world version. I don't know, but yeah, as a like huge fan of that franchise, was not exactly something I'm looking forward to. Now. Yeah, I mean, it, it's like I they they should have just put up a sign that said, "Do you like the Fast and Furious? You should play Forza and then GTA." They yeah. should have they should have made like. Fast and Furious DLC for Forza. Yeah, yeah, that's that it. easy. Have Vin yep. Diesel come out at E3 and go, hey, blah, 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 and then it's, I'm in the car <laughs> now. Here's my car. It's Look who's car. in the car, it's me. that car that's always doing wheelies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Great. Perfect. Yeah. We figured it out. You, uh, know what, you know what would be a really good Fast and Furious game, though? If they if they gamified the whole pink slip thing. Oh, and everybody yeah. had to work on their car, and you would like race for like points and upgrades. And, of course, you'd have some microtransactions in there. Of course. But then if you lost a race, you lost your car. Right, like you make it like a permadeath thing where you're like you you don't have your car. Ooh, permacar. Yeah, I, like I like that. that. Yeah, permacar. Uh, soon. Smaller one that I wanted to mention: Wolfie Studio. <laughs> uh, new studio comprised of former Arcane devs, so the Dishonor team announced a cool looking game called Weird West. We don't know much about it, but it's an action RPG that looks pretty slick. Um, Love those. A few other random. Games were announced that I think a lot of us didn't expect, such as Sons of the Forest, a sequel to The Forest, a new player unknown game called Prologue, which we didn't see anything but a weird trailer for, uh, Dark Alliance, a spiritual successor to Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance. Uh, a lot of stuff I think that was more unexpected this year than last, especially with the big three playing very different games with one another. But to focus more on the PlayStation side of things, Godfall was announced. Godfall comes from Counterplay Games and is being published by Gearbox Publishing. It's coming to PS5 as a console exclusive as well as PC next year. It's described as a looter slasher. Everyone uh-huh. loves looter crossovers. And it's essentially one to three players, uh, possible co-op with essentially you going out for gear and f- taking down big bosses that give you more armor and weapon sets and things like that. It's essentially that pretty familiar looter shooter uh, sort of se- game sequence that we all know and some of us love, but focused on melee combat versus shooter combat. Um, there was some, and I want to bring this up, first of all, from the teaser trailer, did any of you get excited about this game? Did it like move the needle much for you at all? No. no. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm interested to see how it comes together. It seems sort of like it was built in a lab right now mm. which is fine i mean there's a f- formula that works and i like no disrespect to the team working on it but i'm i'm not there yet yeah so. I, i'd like to see more there were some gifts going around and i know there was some confusion people were saying this is the first ps5 gameplay uh we reached out to gearbox to ask and they said the official statement they said was this footage was captured in the game engine so this came from the engine editor their tool set so it wasn't captured say via a pc demo of the game or a ps5 demo of the game it's come from the in development build right. so right. it does it's not necessarily fully indicative of how the ps5 version will look necessarily um so we're still waiting on ps5 gameplay but that was the biggest ps5 announcement of the show the other big thing at the show playstation wise was ghost of tsushima which finally we got the longer extended trailer slash gameplay look at ghost uh Full disclosure starting now because the PlayStation blog post was written by him. Andrew Goldfarb, former member of this podcast and my former boss, is working on the game at Sucker Punch. Um, He wrote a big blog post. They showed off the box art for the game, showed off some new screenshots, and showed a deeper, longer gameplay look along with the reveal that's coming in summer 2020. I want to start with the release date. Summer is a very vague window and can mean anywhere, depending on how you want to... shift it from the end of June to the end of September, or if you talk about how people think of summer, 
the beginning of June to the end of September. The Australian <laughs> summer is happening right now. It exactly. Could be, yes, it could I, be an Australian I'm, Christmas release. I'm still very That's confused true. by that because whenever I think summer, I think that means the end of the year, which so my immediate thought was, ah, oh, it's going to be on PS5. It's going to be cross-platform, but no. No, they, they confirm PS4. <laughs> I live in the US now. <laughs> when do we Go think back this to is Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> Let this never end. If, if we all had to guess now, knowing The Last of Us Part Two is coming May 29th, uh, there's no other big PS4 first-party release announced for after that. When do we think this will come? June, July, August, September? So The Last of September. Us is May. Very end, May 29th. May 29th. So realistically, September. Because there needs to be room Again. to breathe. Yeah. Mm. Was it, Jonathan, were you telling me about why a lot of big games don't historically get released in August because Europe takes big, big, long vacation We were times. talking about, I think someone else mentioned this to <laughs> yeah. us. Well. Yeah, that essentially Europe has a longer vacation time in the summer that people have stayed away from traditionally. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that will affect Ghost's release window. For me, the the big obvious windows would either be September, which worked for Marvel's Spider-Man uh, two years ago, or last year, or they could be crazy and do the end of June. I don't think they will, but that is summer. And if, yeah. they, if they want to give it enough of a breath from PS5, that puts it at least four months out. That's true. And it does get people who are about to like get a big summer vacation, like, you know, high school, middle school kids, no, college right. kids, a, a big meaty game to play with for a few months. Yeah, it's an interesting... Most people traditionally stay out of July. Like, I don't think any major game that I can think of has been a July release. Yeah. But why? I don't know. The end of August has occasionally been big. We've seen things like uh, Batman Arkham Asylum was first launched back then uh, at the very end of August. Uh, people have tried. I think Shadow of War was going to be August and then got pushed. But we, we've seen people try to make that work. I think July is like peak away from your computer and pretend to go outside month. Yeah. 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 It's the, like let's be healthy adults month. Yeah. In August, people are already like trickling back into school and stuff like that. Yeah. It's... It's a weird one. I think September is the common guess, and I, I would believe it because we're looking at right now, Dreams comes out in full February 14th. MLB The Show 20 comes out March 20th, I think. Uh, Neo 2, which is a console exclusive, comes out in March as well. Mm-hmm. Last of Us is May. Predator is in April, which is console exclusive, and then we don't know where Ghost goes. Right. Mm. But uh, what did you all think of the demo that we saw? It's gorgeous. So gorgeous. Yes. Yeah, I'm really... I'm sort of not necessarily apprehensive, but I, I want to see how how it all gels together, like what that world looks like, what sort of like upgrading or like certain, all, how all of that kind of clicks. But th- th- everything I've seen so far is moody as hell and incredibly atmospheric. And so like I, I just want to go spend time in it. I almost wanted to click out and not look, yeah. but I have to because it's my job. But yeah, I, I, I skimmed it. I honestly like I don't want to like, I'm pretty pretty sold on this on this world and this universe. It looks gorgeous. Yeah. What is that thumping? Is somebody running up and down the roof? It sounds like there children are running upstairs. Fucking ridiculous. Like yeah, they're roof children. Are Santa Claus. <laughs> yeah. Um, but really? no, the little kids from Days Gone. Sorry, that was like oh no, actually jarring. <laughs> anyway, um, but no, like this world looks gorgeous. I love the sort of sizzle shot at the end of this trailer where it was like, hey, here are all the different environments. Like I'm like, that's what I'm sold on. Like yeah. I, yeah. I want to look away. Um, I was like, I I'm weirdly like kind of. I'll you know I'll give the story a shot, but I don't really care about it right now. Like I kind of want to just be I want to kind of come in cold and have first impressions properly. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't have much of an attachment right now to the character, the main character, or any of the sort of side stuff we've seen. But yeah, that world is just so gorgeous. Yeah, I, I just want to explore. There was a thing about how there are no waypoints in this because they want to encourage organic exploration. Or like organic navigation, they want you to like actually get into the world and not just be looking at like a mini map or whatever. Which I like I'm that. pretty into. I kind of like that's a very that's music to my ears, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm excited to see the way this game encourages exploration, especially with what they've shown of the environment so far. Well, Fallen Order kind of did a similar thing ish. I mean, there the, were there were the the waypoints, the bonfires. Say, yeah. What were they? Oh, the meditation points, right? I guess, mm-hmm. yeah. You know what I mean? It's just like it's just in my mind. It's just a bonfire. Yeah. Um, but like, and the, the the map was kind of fundamentally broken in that game, and like you very much were exploring based on your own uh, understanding of the world yeah. and yeah, your own memory. What's and the, I loved that. What's a game you guys think you looked at the map the most? Because I think it might be Horizon for me. I spent so much time Ooh, on that yeah. screen. Like every time I was like, "How do I get over this rock?" I don't. 
map red dead red dead redemption for me oh God, red dead yeah. redemption too like that like the world was just so enormous i had my map open pretty much all the time yeah mm. technically wind waker because you had to keep finding all the parts of the map God, and yeah. it was so much open space that i wasn't sure if i was going the right direction sometimes i love that game but yeah, yeah i was constantly double checking that map um yeah this has been a weird year for maps between jedi fallen orders neat idea in world but not in practice oh map. i hated it and i say that with full love for this game no yeah oh I, my god that map was so dumb yeah i was just like yeah cool like this is a great idea that someone had at the beginning that like people should have gone yep cool like that's a great idea let's iterate on that or throw it away and like go with someone else's idea because it was so bad i I liked it from the perspective of like a Metroid Prime fan, but there was a bunch of like levels that didn't work with it at all. Like any of the levels that had like six sort of parallel perpendicular elevator cords or whatever. And then like that one, there was that one level where just like an elevator went across the entire thing. Oh, Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I was constantly like, how do I get down there? Do I? I guess I don't. I guess I never will. Oh, the credits. (laughs) (laughs) But like, I just didn't really like, you know, I don't like a map that kind of like needs you to figure it out. Like it need you know, and I felt like that with Jedi Fallen Order. It's like, what is this? What is this red part here? Like, what is this? Is that a bridge? Is that an elevator? I don't know. I need to kind of. (laughs) go under it and then on top of it in order to figure it out. And it's just like, no, that's not what I'm That shouldn't be. be. Yeah, especially uh, because each planet's rules of moving around were different. Like Zepho was the one that had all those different elevators spanning out. And so that had a central location toward the bottom you could look for, whereas Kashyyyk is very linear. Yeah. And you yeah. then have to return to the beginning I, to go I, back. I honestly believe that game would have been better without a map at all. Yeah. And it would have encouraged to, yeah. more explana- exploration. Bloodborne yeah. doesn't have a map. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And um, Ghost being a game that encourages that, I'm definitely down for as well. Yeah. Um, I, um, I totally just forgot what I was going to say. Oh, God yeah. of War. Uh, the map in that was... Yeah, people don't love that map. Yeah. I Honestly, yeah. like I kind of mainline that, and then I it, I feel like it is very difficult to backtrack in that, partially because of the map, but also sort of how the game is structured, where I like kind of burn through it and i was like oh it's kind of tricky to go back now yeah the yeah. the map in that one is not precise yeah that's one of its it's very beautiful it's a pretty design but yeah it's not precise um yeah i i'm very excited by the gameplay we saw there was a couple shots where with the sword play and the way it would sort of arc blood and just like the artistry of the combat yeah. i'm really into and i'm curious how much that'll play in the minute to minute um but yeah i i just hope we see one good chunk of that game before launch and then don't hear too much. I, yeah. I don't Great. want the experience of this to be ruined. Same. Uh, after so many years of them working on this. But yeah, I'm, I'm excited to find out more about that. Uh, before we get to that, something releasing a little earlier in the year and I'm going to find the exact details on it. But if your PlayStation 4 DualShock 4 isn't cool enough for you, you can add a butt to it. Starting Do you have in 30 bucks that you hate? Looking for somewhere to put those 30 bucks? Uh, PlayStation is officially introducing the back button attachment. That is the name, the DualShock 4 back button attachment, coming, I believe, January 23rd in the U.S. and Canada, and then later in Europe. It'll cost $30, uh, and it essentially is a way to add two extra mappable buttons to your DualShock. So it plugs into the bottom, sort of where the headphone jack is of your DualShock, and it has sort of two paddles on the side of it that you can program to be any different button on the controller. You can program it to be whatever. So if reaching for the triangle is too much for you, you can have the paddles down there. It somewhat emulates the paddles that the Xbox Elite controller has and other third-party pro controllers. Uh, They can be programmed to whatever, and there's a small circular OLED screen on the back that always shows you what buttons are mapped. So you I can like always that. have a quick and easy look at it. Uh, I mean, it's really hideous. Yeah, it's not the best looking. As a peripheral. Time. Yeah. But like, I, I do th- like the OLED screen. I think it's up there with Wii Motion Plus and the boat that they made for the Nintendo 3DS that added a second analog stick and required batteries. Remember that weird one? Yep. Yeah. yeah. The, the biggest things that come to mind for me are, I think this is great as an accessibility thing, which yep. a few people in the Facebook group Definitely, mentioned. Definitely. That's yeah. very important. Because like, the, yeah. Yeah, no, the, I don't, don't want to poo-poo it because that's incredibly huge, but it's also like, you look at what Microsoft is doing with their accessibility stuff, yes, and it's like, yeah. someone needs to kind of like kick it in the ass a little bit. Yeah. yeah. The, the yeah. Microsoft Adaptive Controller is such a huge leap above the paddles mm-hmm. on either controller. But yes, yep. this this is a good step. I'm glad they're finally taking I hope to, con- to continue to see more of it. 
Uh, but yeah, you can map up to 16 different actions, such as triangle, circle, R1, and R2 to it. Uh, they provide feedback, so if they are bumpers or have some sort of resistance, you'll feel that in there. Uh, the OLED display provides real-time information about what those button assignments are. Uh, you can configure it as you wish, and it will still have a, a wired headset jack for since it essentially takes the place of that. The biggest thing, other than I think it's great as an advancement for more accessibility, is one... Boy, this is going to make the battery life even worse. Oh, God, shock murder for. it. Like, the fact that it has to now power a small OLED screen is like, yeah, yeah. But hey, I mean, on the bright side, OLED is like a high-quality screen for a thing that will say buttons on it that will face away from you. Yeah. That if my fingers me. had eyes, they would be so happy. <laughs> I like to know that a thing I can't look directly at is the highest fidelity possible. That's what true. resolution is that small screen I can't see while I'm <laughs> holding 8K, the device? It's 8K. If you were looking for PS5 8K, <laughs> here it is. Um, but to me, the other major thing about this, and it's something that... Uh, Full credit where it's due. Tom Marks uh, and I talked about this a lot in the morning. I think this is also a forward future proofing ps5 move yeah because yes, they, they yeah. can introduce the dual we still don't know the full capabilities of the dualshock 5 they can introduce paddles or back buttons on the dualshock 5 have those be things that are there from day one and say hey if you want to use your dualshock 4 you can just buy this attachment but you still can use these with an upgrade because microsoft is saying xbox one controllers are going to work on day one and controls are not an inexpensive thing, especially at the launch of a right. console cycle. They are a huge money dent on top of the console and the games and the services you're buying. So mm. to say, Hey, use your DualShock fours. They have all the functionality you'll need to play a game. They won't have the new bells and whistles, of the DualShock five, but they'll have that just add this and you're good to go. Yeah. And I, which is great because I feel like Sony like has not traditionally been in step with, with Microsoft in terms of controller design. Like I've always preferred the Xbox controller to the PlayStation. What? Controller. Get out. I Get know, out. but it's 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 you with the controller, you with Mario, Max are still good. It's um, just I for me, I'm someone that has passion, good. <laughs> but like, you know, to, to sort of just broaden the, you know, to make the DualShock 4 still be relevant is very important. Yeah. Just to keep, you know, make sure that people don't have to pay tons of money and yeah, I mean, I just, I, it's true. I've always thought that the Xbox, am I alone in this? No, most, most no, people do. I think the DualShock like... 4 is right. the best one they've ever put out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Small competition, but I do think it is the best PS, uh, PlayStation. Yeah, I totally agree. I, I actually, I have no problem switching between yeah. the two consoles. Like, I know some people are like, I would never play, you know, like weird, funny diagonal asymmetrical sticks. And other people are like, I hate when the sticks are on the same wavelength. I don't like it. It's like, it's all fine. I don't care. Um, That said, having seen the Xbox controller or the Series X (laughs) controller, whatever we're calling it, it's kind of a letdown that it's basically just like slightly smaller Slightly better D-pad and one new button. Adding the share button, which yeah. they've admitted. They're like, yeah, we took that from Sony. Yeah. 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 Sony yeah. button. Yeah. Yeah. I hope I hope the PlayStation 5 controller is a little bit more interesting. I don't think it will be. I think that's what's going to kind of bum me out about to, to kind of go in line with what Matt, Max was saying about like getting a new phone and it just sort of being the same thing. And you're like, oh, like buying these new consoles and they both have if they both have very similar controllers that don't really have any interesting new bells and whistles i'll be a little bit bummed do you know what's boring about video game consoles video cardboard consoles without (laughs) games on them like when you're sitting around talking about hardware that hardware is all like means to an end like it's all it like i remember just you know when you like if you get a new like a new gadget you're like well i'm in the car on my way home i have to plug it in you can like yeah. pretend you're playing you know yep. you can just sort of like fiddle with it but like there's you know it's there's obviously that like you know hardware fetishization of being like ooh, it's shiny it's what like- one thing that the new xbox definitely does have from a hardware advantage over every play or the, the most recent playstation is the it has power button that you can <laughs> see <laughs> like god damn it i like the, we got so far i'm sorry no it's no like my my ps4 pro like when it's in a dark room or it's in my entertainment center and i have to like I have to like eject something or hit a button on like that. I know where they are, but the average person would be like, I don't know what that is. You, no, no, you, I, I it's still, a grain of I rice. Still, I still don't know. Like it's <laughs> like I'm I've got a PS PS4 Pro and it's just three layers of nonsense and then like a couple of like invisible buttons. Like often I just feel like I'm just sort of hitting it like one of the models in Zoolander. Like I'm just like oh yeah, like, that when they work for me. They started hiding the on button on televisions. I got a new monitor at work and it straight up doesn't have a power button. 
And I'm, I'm just, I, I just, I, I like the thing is, is like Xbox has shown. I'm just, I'm sorry, I'm coming off as a real Xbox fanboy. Like I, I love, I, I love both consoles. I've had both consoles my whole life. Every fanboy says that. Um, but like, I, you know, I, I think Xbox has shown that you can have a visible power button mm-hmm. that also still looks sexy, and also it makes a little, little chime. It yeah. does. Have you seen the Xbox? Oh, I turned that crap the, off. Have you seen the Taco Bell one? That, yeah. That oh, plays yeah. The Taco I unboxed Bell noise? it. Yeah. I want that to be a feature with next gen. It's the dumbest thing. I, like, I, pro, like a programmable ring. Yeah. I want power button tones. Yes. Yeah, that'd be That's great. That's a great I want idea. To turn on my console of choice and just hear a gunshot noise for no but reason. They make a lot of money doing that. Just if they a did wolf that. owl. Yeah. So yeah. those for 99 cents. I do want to say that the original Xbox One power News button was way, way too, way too sensitive. Because my cat used to turn it on with his tail. I hated that. Yeah. Like he would walk past it. He would turn it on and off. So the I'd be in the middle of, in the original Xbox. No, I, I had that too. I would, I would dust it and be like, da da ding. Yeah, 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 yeah. That happens with the base Xbox One for me. My dog will. No, that's like, what I mean. Like, is it yeah. the base oh, the Xbox, Xbox One? one. Sorry, yeah, 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 yeah. Original Xbox. No, 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 that okay. like static sensitive like non button button is up there with blue LEDs as some crap that somebody thought was the coolest, most futuristic thing that is actually a pain in the ass in the long run. Yeah. I don't know. I just I have a thing against blue LEDs because you, you ever have like one like charging cable? Yeah. And you have it on in a dark room and you're like, oh, I can see in the dark now. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. If they do programmable jingles, we should put News Crunch on the store. Absolutely. Uh, but yeah, it's I don't even I know where we got so to. I could so many worse things. Oh, I could too. But we'll get there eventually. Anyway, I do think this is a great, you know, start for them to focus more on accessibility and i hope we see more of that in the ps5 generation because max as you were saying like xbox knocks them out of the park mm-hmm. when it comes to accessibility and i, I hope accessibility is great i think paddles are also great I mean, it's just funny <laughs> to talk about paddles the top two yeah paddle it's a weird name for a button but uh that was the a bit wigglers of an... <laughs> slappers <laughs> these are all uncomfortable uh i'm excited Planks. to see if those actually work out and i'm gonna roll by all the names and before we wrap up ask you all what are you playing as we wrap up this year? Can I go? So, um, no. I have been playing uh, Watch Dogs 2 because mm. I actually decided, I made this decision as I was moving all my stuff from Australia to the US that I wasn't going to start playing Watch Dogs 2 because I, I just never got around to it. And I thought, okay, I'm going to pack this, take this with me and play it once I've like discovered San Francisco. And... Um, it's been it was so worth it it was so worth waiting like i have never experienced in my entire life i didn't play forza horizon blah, 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 which was set in so you're an xbox fanboy <laughs> coast or something good to have you back <laughs> <laughs> we did it guys um, so this is the first time i've ever played a video game that is set in a in a, in a space in a in a city that i know yeah and um it's wild it's so Isn't much it great? fun it's so great like i just hung out in dolores park where like i spent a bunch of summer this year like you know in the one spot where we always go and have our white claws because that's <laughs> that's who we are because it's 2019 <laughs> because it's 2019 yeah. and that's what we do um and it's just it's 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 amazing like i still i haven't been playing enough to like go you know to where my apartment is and and, and stuff like that but like just wandering around the central city and and it's it's just been such a thrill and like i just can't wait to jump back in and like i I was telling my girlfriend this i was like you know i was driving down that like over the golden gate bridge and she was like you know you can do that in real life. Like that is like something you can actually. But like there yeah. is like there not is with a, drones with guns and stuff though. <laughs> yeah, there is a novelty and like a joy too. Yeah, the there is. You can, I think, fairly accurately recreate my commute in that game, which yeah. is just the weirdest thing to be like. I'm gonna reenact my ultimate fantasy, which is <laughs> commuting efficiently and just being like, I'm speeding. This isn't a, like a twenty-seven dollar Uber. It's like, a, cool. basically a bizarre fever dream version of San Francisco. Yeah, which it, I've come to realize. Yeah, considering how fast it, entire it goes. neighborhoods just like vanish, yeah. and so you can go from like what would be Hayes Valley to like the Richmond and skip right over. Like basically the, the, the most of the hate and and like Panhandle and a bunch of other stuff. It's it's kind of it's kind of fascinating. Like there's like chunks of the marina and there's like Ocean Beach. I I like I've been really like kind of itching to play that game again. I, yeah. I, now that you're talking about but it, but please like, do yeah. like, like please do because I want to share stories. Like I kind of love how the tenderloin is just like 
one small kind of yeah. avenue, <laughs> like one small street. Full of, I mean, they didn't want to bum us out. You know? I know, but it's like having spent a great so, deal of time in the general lane, I'm like, oh, this is weirdest, very condensed. Weirdest thing about that is having lived in San Francisco for like a, a decade or more now right. at this point and playing that game and then finding things that I'm like, they make this up for the game or is this a real thing? And then poking around and being like, oh, that's just a thing I've never seen. That's yeah. <laughs> like there's an accurate, realistic depiction of some weird little neighborhood that I've just never been to. Right. Yeah. And being like, I guess I should get out more, you know? Yeah. yeah. yeah but, but instead like, I just play the game and reenact my commute. But, you know? but, but for me, you know, it's in, in November, it was, it marked a year of me living over here. And so Happy this birthday. kind of feels, thank you. This kind of feels very, um, you feel like it feels like the right, it was the very much the right time for me to play this game. Yeah. I'm I'm dying to get back into GTA Five, um, which is which is another weird one like that. I I lived in LA for like a very brief minute, and mm. I've got family down there. And there's like certain areas that I'm like very familiar with. That game is like when you dream a place, and it's almost that. It's right. Just slightly different from reality, and it's like the the amount of like weird little details they threw in there, and just kind of remixed how like specifically sort of the Santa Monica Venice West Side area is just like freakishly. Like their attention to detail on that is just this bonkers. I, yeah. I played True Crime Streets of New York when I lived in New York, and that's an interesting one because that is an actual, like at least structurally, a one-to-one recreation of Manhattan. Like it is the grid perfectly. It has Alphabet City. It has like the weird cone in when you move up. Um, that's it's not fun. Yeah, like driving around like it's too accurate it's too because it's just like you're just driving around a grid and it's not interesting at all right like, i completely understand why people truncate major cities and do like fever dream versions well, of like them. spider-man changed something yeah to benefit the story yeah that was the weird thing for me that was the division because when the first one came out it was set in new york i was living there my apartment building in stuyvesant town was a uh, safe house in the game mine was a closed down pizza joint perfect yeah i went yeah. i went to i used to live on 27th and 3rd in manhattan yeah i went to find my apartment and it was like okay i'm okay with this but it was yeah. that funny thing because i started on the other side of the city yep. and i had to just walk across town i'm like oh this is as unfun in here as it is in real yeah. life if you're just trying to get somewhere yeah and yeah when you, when it's too close when it's exact mm-hmm. it does take away a little yeah, bit because like living in this world is frustrating and exhausting and like no one wants to actually like experience why, a one-to-one that's why video games that's yeah. it because they're new yeah, and they're cool fun. and they weren't des- designed by dumb men 70 years ago or whatever <laughs> for horses of all things preposterous really if you think about it Somebody else talk. Max, what have you been playing? <laughs> I just wanted to see you go, keep this going. Just getting all revved up about the horses. Uh, I'm still playing Resident Evil 2. Um, I keep going back and forth about that. I'm playing the sort of Leon's campaign or whatever, the sort of second half. I started that game, or I played the first half um, in good old-fashioned 1080p on a standard definition or standard HDTV. Uh, and now I'm playing it in 4K with HDR, and that is a different game. Because suddenly there's like stuff in the darkness you just straight up can't see. And then right. you go around a corner and it comes out and it bites you in the neck. And you put a grenade in its mouth. Surprise, it's a zombie. Resident Evil. Um, but no, I'm just chipping away at it. It's like I keep going between being like extremely excited about some new thing I hadn't seen before. And then being extremely frustrated that I have to backtrack and go like, oh, it's the police station again. Or, oh, I'm back in the sewers. And it's like, Are you playing yeah, it's a weird one. As Leon or Claire? I played Claire the first time and now I'm doing Leon stuff. Right, right, right. And so he's just, you know. Being like, <laughs> like weirdly irritated by things. Son of a bitch. Just, I love his what reactions. What the? Yeah. Honestly, all the puzzles like, I have to be doing again is crazy. I'm, one I'm, of on, the things... I'm doing the chess piece part again, which is just oh, yeah. like, yeah. Shut up. One of the things I really want to get rid of in horror games, period, is just anyone saying, "What the?" You can say it once. You can say it once when you see like the first monster or zombie or whatever. You can be like, "What the?" Like, "What the hell?" Like, "There's a zombie here." four five six hours into the game when you've encountered like a million of these things you shouldn't still be being like what the it's like this is the 80th one you've seen it's also like leon does that for like a third of resident evil 4 and it's like this is your fourth one (laughs) you specifically have done like two or three of these yeah and he's always like what the heck was that you know what the you know what that was. It's I'm fine. I'm already You know exactly what it was. Yes. You've encountered it millions of times. Exactly. Oh, it's so infuriating. It's one of those, like, like I don't know about you guys, but, like, those little, these, these little tiny things in video games that just agitate you so Have much. Have you yeah. met the PA system woman in Watch Dogs 2? Pull over! Oh, the, the pull <laughs> over! Your pull pro- over to the side of the road! That's, like, my favorite. Oh, my God. My they favorite didn't patch her out. Yeah. 
It's just one woman is inexplicably louder than every other part of the police department. Do you, know, I, you know, I did considerably less crime in that game than I would in other crimes because, because of that woman. Yeah. And it worked. Yeah. It's yeah. amazing. I love that. Brian, what have you been playing? Uh, I've been playing a lot of Ashen, which has oh, yeah. been like, we talked about it recently on the show. Yeah. And I think that's why I kind of like poked around at it. And we've been doing a lot of like game of the decade stuff and mm-hmm. sort of, you know, recounting like our, our favorite big games in the last 10 years. And I've been, I've, I had a lot of excuses to talk about Bloodborne. And so I jumped back into Dark Souls 3 and played a couple hours you of that. that. No. Neither. Yeah, so I, I started all over again. <laughs> I got stuck. Aw. Mm, I know. I, I, I probably did too. No, I went back in to, to keep playing it and I love it because it came out after Bloodborne. Mm. And so it, it has a lot of the same sort of DNA. It it the the music is completely in line with Bloodborne. The world sort of feels a little bit more like it. The um Combat's a little snappier and quicker. But then I went into Ashen, which is a sort of like Souls Light with a, sort of a different structure. It um, it doesn't have a level up system per se, but mm-hmm. by doing quests and by finding items in the world, you level up. And that's totally something that appealed to me right now because I'm like, well, I could grind and I could die a hundred times or I could like specifically go to from point a to point b and just level up and on the way i can find like some weird crow feather and get more health forever and i really really dig it um it's sort of like a soul's light but stripped away of most of the horror elements uh it's it's very sort of minimalist in terms of presentation um i don't really know how to describe it it's sort of dusty it's not really twee it's just kind of like it's it's low poly but in in like a really efficient way. Yeah. And the the combat has the same thing with like a stamina meter and like you know you are sort of uh nudged to explore new areas that you haven't been to yet and then die and then return. Um you unlock fast travel pretty quickly and I I keep hitting my head against a wall in it and then just like putting it down and coming back the next day and playing for an hour and just unlocking tons of stuff and having it click. And so that's exactly what I look for in those games is that perfect balance of like frustration and excitement. And so, yeah, check it out. It's, uh, it's, it's out now and it's super cool. It's been out for a while, I believe. Yeah. It was Um, on game pass, but then it came to other systems recently. Yeah. It's uh, published by Annapurna who continues to just put out awesome stuff. They just put out uh, Wadham, which uh, Tom Marks reviewed. You can check out his review on the site. Uh, the, the latest game from the Katamari creator. Yeah. And cool thing I do like about this game is that as you progress through it, um, you sort of rebuild towns. And by doing that, you unlock more townsfolk who have more places where you can upgrade material and items, weapons, all this other stuff. So, yeah, I really dig it. Give it a look. That's awesome. Yeah, it's definitely on my two playlist for break. Uh, before we wrap up, I want to do one memory card story. Uh, memory card, of course, is our weekly segment where you, the listeners, viewers at home, write in with your funny, weird, happy, strange, whatever stories of your gaming life. We read those out on the show every week. You can write into beyond at IGN.com with the subject line memory card, and we'll read those out each week on the show. This one is actually a follow-up to a previous story uh, we had, I believe it was on last week's where we were doing a few memory cards of people who wrote in about their favorite games from each generation. Someone wrote in about playing games with their brother. Uh, Sam wrote in about that. His brother, Jake, wrote in with a follow-up story. Ah. Uh, So Jake wrote in this week and said, Hey, Jonathan, my name is Jake, and I am the little brother of the previously mentioned Sam who played Spyro with his aunt and me. I just wanted to share a memory card on how important gaming and specifically PlayStation has been to our relationship as brothers and best friends. Ever since I was a kid, gaming has been there to bring us together. I'd wake up in the morning, run to the basement, and sit on the couch and watch my brother play video games. From the original Sly Cooper to Ratchet and Clank a Crack in Time, I couldn't wait to watch my, bro- my big brother explore cool new worlds. I will never forget the shouting and throne controllers during the Riku boss in battle in Kingdom Hearts 1. Fully understand that. I never understood his anger until my experience years later with Bloodborne. Now I get it. As we grew up, gaming grew with us. Once our parents finally allowed us to get games with language in the ESRB rating, still pissed we had to wait, but they're cool now. We fell in love with games like Infamous and Uncharted 1 on the PS3. Jumped to 2013, my brother and I are eagerly awaiting the launch of the PS4. We had money now, or what I thought was money at the age of 13, and we couldn't wait to get our own system. We left our family Thanksgiving and got in line at our local GameStop. We stood for a few hours, met some awesome gamers, and got our PS4. It was the first time I realized there was a community to be found in gaming. Because our parents helped us buy it as a part of our Christmas gift, the PS4 got put away and wrapped until Christmas, and oh boy, did that month feel like a long time. But it was worth it. Even though Knack wasn't great, I will never forget staying up until 3 a.m. Christmas Day after all my family left to look at all of the beautiful Knack particles. Knack was good. 
<laughs> Fast forward to 2016, my brother moved to college. Being the good brother that he is, he left the PS4 for me so I could play incredible games like Horizon Zero Dawn while he spent time studying. Studying is in air quotes because, come on, I wasn't doing anything too stressful in high school. Uh, though this time gaming continued to bring us together. After any game news or announcements, we would be on the phone hyping each other up. We would text about what we had been playing recently and what we were looking forward to. Now in 2019, we go to the same college. When we work out, we plan conversations around video games, like pitching 10 game ideas. Last run together, we pitched new game ideas back and forth, like a Watchmen game from Rockstar or an original horror game in the underground tunnels of Paris. Ooh. We were inspired from you and talked about our, our games of each PlayStation generation. I know this is long cut out what you need, but I just want to emphasize what gaming can do. It brings people together. It gives us community and an imaginative world to get away from the negativity of today. I can't wait until I'm 80 and still talking about Naughty Dog's new game with my brother. Podcasts like Beyond help teach me what gaming can be and what it can do. Beyond is a beacon for positivity, fun, and community in the world, and you guys should know that. Oh, uh, anyway, that's really sweet. Thank you so much for writing in. I love that that was a family follow up. Double yeah, brothers. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, if you have a story that you want to share with us, or you are the family member of someone who has shared a story, write into beyond at ign.com with the subject line memory card, and we'll read those out in the weeks to come. Uh, without that, again, this is uh, our last week in the studio and at ign.com until the new year, effectively. So when big things happen, we'll talk about it next year. Um, but thank you all so much for joining me for this episode. We'll be back with some fun stuff for the holiday. But in the meantime, you can check us out on IGN.com, YouTube.com slash IGN Beyond, and your favorite podcast services around the world every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific. Of course, we are producing a bunch for IGN.com and YouTube.com slash IGN, so check all of that stuff out. And otherwise, you can find us on Twitter. I am at J.M. Dornbush. Max is at Max Scoville. Max Scoville, no D at the end. And Lucy's at Luce O'Brien. And Brian is at Agent Bizzle. Jonathan. Yes. Thank you so much for hosting the show this year. Of course. Thank I you, say, on behalf of everybody, oh. you, you were wonderful. Super, I oh, love doing guys. the show with you. Thank yep. you. It's been fantastic. Thank you. I love doing the show with you guys. Too. I said the same thing to Casey DeFridis over at NBC, yes. and I would feel like an ass if I didn't say it to you. You f***ing so. asshole. And I can say that because <laughs> I'm going to edit Yay! out the show. <laughs> you son of a bitch. Uh, no, thank you all so much for doing the show with me. We'll probably get sappier in an episode or two to come. But... I'm so excited for our schmoozy boozy holiday episode. Yeah, that, doing that's going to be a fun Woo. one. Uh, anyway, thank you so much for listening and watching. And as always, beyond. 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 Wahoo. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> this is the world's saddest. It's a, a Yama Claus. Really? Yeah. It's an official VOC merchandise from like. 12 years ago. Yeah. Oh, it doesn't please. really read as a yarmulke. You look no, like a, you look no, like a French cake. <laughs> <laughs> hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics. And sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.